Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. What's funny, what I find with some clients or friends or family or even strangers is that, you know, they may think they're fine because they've lived at whatever level of performance they have been for a while. They don't know what the next level looks like and the next level. And once they get to that level, when you go back to the level that you used to operate on, you feel it. You're like, wow, I can feel it in my body. Definitely am exhausted. Definitely am tired. Definitely have low energy. Definitely can't think as well. Definitely not as fast or react. You know what I'm saying? Like when you start to go in, in, into these different levels, when you go back to operating or eating or, or doing what you used to do, you feel it then because right now you're so used to the, your baseline and you're not going to know truly until you've experienced other baselines and have come back. And so anyway, start the practice. I don't market. I don't promote it all because, you know, I've got his stable concept in my right. head. You know, and sometimes in life you get false data, false information, and you run off that and you never have anything to compare it to. So anyway, so five years goes down and, and I go through my first business loan, take out a second business loan, and uh, I'm about, you know, three to four months away from going out of business. So I actually, I, I remember the amount. I had $15,500 left in my bank account and I called a friend of mine. His name was Peter. He was also a podiatrist, 20 minutes away from me. Same, basic, same economic area. You know, I figured he's got to be doing horribly as well. You know, I figured we'll go out and get drunk and misery <laughs> loves company and all that, you know. <laughs> but uh, he shocked me. And he said, Dan, I'm doing great. And I said, come on, Pete, there's no way. And he said, come to my office. So I went to his office and it was shocking. I, you know, I saw statistics and organization and a teamwork and People were smiling, you know, not like my staff, you know, it was, it was like, what the hell is going on? What did you put in their water? You know? And I said, how did you learn how to do this, Pete? And he had gone out, he had taken a class in California and you know how sometimes God puts you right at that end before he gives you the, opens the oh, door, yeah. right, Jared? And to go to this course for one week, now I got $15,500 left. It was $15,000 exactly. <laughs> So I pulled the plug, man. I, I know it, it definitely wasn't as easy a decision. At that time, I was up at night crying, whatever the hell I went through. But I did it. And I, I went out to California and I came back really a different person, you know, because I had been given a knowledge of how to run a business. I mean, I, as the years went on, I became much more uh, educated in it. But at the time, it was enough to save myself. And that is exactly what I did. I came back and I actually turned things around. And it was shocking. And I'll tell you a couple of things that I, I recognized. When I came out of school and I became that doctor and I opened that practice, I thought I knew everything. I literally thought, man, I'm a doctor and I know everything. I'm not going to read another book. I can make this happen. And I tell you, going out to California was a humbling experience because I learned how much I didn't know. And sometimes the biggest stop that people have, and I see this, you know, I wrote the book, Fast Tracking Your Prosperity for my daughter about things people have done right and things people have done wrong. And the worst mistake that you can make in life is to stop learning and to think that you knew it all. And so that was one of the very first sort of slap in the faces that hit me and it changed my entire viewpoint. Our brains are in turbulence a lot, especially if you're not sleeping well, not eating well, or stressed, have negative thoughts, you know, toxic relationships, toxic environment, et cetera. On a brainwave level, your brainwaves are in turbulence. On a microsecond level, because you're hooked up, 
it's reading all this through this sophisticated system. And every time your brain goes into turbulence, you're going to have an interruption in the music, a scratchy noise. Your brain does not like this. It's almost like, let's say, you know, we're watching a, a film back in the days, let's say, where we had antennas and I remember how it's like all scratchy. You're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. like get it. No, oh, 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 until it finally does it, right? Well, here's the thing. Your brain doesn't like all these scratches. They want to hear it. Not, your brain wants to hear the music. And so it will rewire itself, reset itself to perform more optimally in that microsecond level at whatever hertz we're at. Anytime your brainwave is in turbulence, it knows, and it will give that scratchy sound over and over and over again until your brain finally says enough. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm moving over here, rewiring, resetting. And that's where that plasticity occurs in the brain where changes are being made. When you're saying like, what other options did you have? I actually didn't have, I was out of bullets, man. I, I was like, that was it. So really, whether I was married or not, I probably would have pulled the trigger because what was I going to do? It yeah. was like, it, for me, it was the end of the road. You know what I mean? And, and it was looking pretty glim. So I would have done it. I so so you had it. to get to the breaking point. And for all of us, we have our rock bottoms, whatever that is. Some rock bottoms may be very different and are very different than other people. But I think, and I talk to people about this all the time in the financial planning world, which is planning and saving. Anybody that has a brain typically would say, or a good head on their shoulders, typically would say that saving and being mindful of planning is important, right? I mean, we would all agree with that. Sure. But how many people, especially at different stages of life, say that it's urgent, that was an urgency for you. That right. had become an urgency for you. And you had to get to that point to act on it. And I'm sure part of your message, I'd love to hear from you. I'm sure part of your message is just to almost plead with people when you see them, you know, really not taking opportunities is to almost say, act on it now before it becomes urgent. Absolutely. Listen, that's, that's, you know, honestly, like when you look at business, I mean, there, I can go over things that I learned and all that, but one of the key things is that I run everything on statistics now. So I look at trends and I'm looking at 13 week trends, right? If you came into my office, there's 27 different graphs that I look at once a week I go in and I look at the trend. Now, why am I doing that? I know because most people, when they look at their business, what they do is they don't jump or do any action until they're out of money, right? The bank account is screaming like, hey, you're not paying your bills. Then all of a sudden they jump up, call the account or whatever. But I want to know before we're headed towards an emergency, at least months before, so I can make those adjustments because I do it this way and it's a lot more fun than when you really have that gun to your head. And for me, just having been in that situation, I promised myself I would never do that again. And it's the same with my clients. I mean, usually when they're coming to me, I'll just be very straight for you. I'm, the majority of them are at their end of their rope. And it's very, I don't know if you see this yourself in your field, but when somebody comes to a consultant for business, usually it's not because they're doing so great and they just want to do a little bit greater. Sometimes it is. The majority of the times, though, it's there's somebody's got a gun to their head and they've got to pull this thing off and they're just praying that you can do it. And I always listen to one of the first things I tell them is, look, we'll get you out of this. There's no question about it. But you've got to change certain habits. One, you've got to stop procrastinating. You know what I mean? That's usually what these people do. They're, they're sitting there, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? You know, you've got to get very fast at making decisions. You've got to eliminate every single maybe from your life. Okay? Because here's the thing. The things that destroy most uh, executives are maybes. You know, they sit there and they go, maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Look. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you got you don't have the information to make that correct decision. But once you do, you've got to get quick at making that decision 
And this way, when you get fast like that, what happens is even if you screw up and you make a bad decision, you're so fast that you can correct it very quickly. So here's where I'm going with all this. The colonists reported back then that even the local natives, they would take their children and they would place them out like in the freezing weather and in the snow for a few minutes each day. And the ones that were actually friendly that would communicate, they said, we're doing that to make them more robust. You know, and the colonists are like, man, we're going to die if we stay out in these conditions. And so the whole point there is that I've been reading a lot lately about cold. And I'm sure you've done some stuff with cold therapy as well, or, you know, cold showers, ice baths, those sort of things. If you start getting more down this biohacking path, you'll hear more and more about that. You know, it's almost like the natives understood intuitively that they needed to make a conscious effort to help the children and the adults adapt to those harsh conditions. Nowadays, we're like in an eternal summer. We're overfed, we're overlit with harmful light, we're subjecting ourselves to harsh conditions that aren't necessarily good for us, but they're not what's making us robust. So when it comes to brain work and how we can make our brains better, I've been reading a lot about brown adipose tissue or or basically just brown fat and really how it can help us. You know, for a while they thought that only, you know, BAT or brown fat was only in rodents and large animals to help them hibernate, like heat themselves in hibernation. And it looks a lot like white fat that we use to just store, like just just regular fat. But where the white fat is an insulator for us, and even in our brain, the brown fat burns that away to create body heat. And it's the only known tissue whose sole purpose is to make heat or thermogenesis. If you think about this and you think, okay, how can we be more resilient, not only doing, you know, neurofeedback or mitochondria work, as we mentioned, or changing our diet or helping people with MS, how can we biohack resilience? Okay, so the easiest way for an adult to rapidly increase their core temperature is by shivering. That's why our bodies are made that when we get cold, we just automatically start shivering because those muscles, they generate heat as they move. And you can't always feel it, right? I mean, most of the time when I'm freezing and I'm shivering, it, it doesn't seem to be helping at all. But inside, it's keeping my core warm. Well, nowadays, because we're in this eternal summer all the time, we have very little, like very, very little and the doses we have are just a few teaspoons, researchers would tell you, along the tissue of our spines and our shoulders. And it's just kind of amazing when you start reading some of the work of Wim Hof and other people out there in other countries that are, you know, sleeping out on the ground in freezing temperature. And you see these journal reports of like even the Lewis and Clark expedition where they're out there like almost getting frostbitten and the local natives that are helping them, you know, kind of navigate the land. They're out there like with a couple of bushes and shrubs over them with, in freezing weather. Mm. And so it kind of just got me interested in just thinking about how can we really biohack that? How can we be more resilient? And just saying that we really can tap into that as well, because that's going to help us with our mitochondria. It's going to help us with our immune systems. It's going to help us with a ton of stuff out there that we can just be more resilient. But a lot of it goes along with the brain work that you're talking about. How can we make our brains more resilient? How can your girlfriend set up new neuronal connections and neuronal pathways and grow maybe more of the gray matter and things to where she can perform again? How can MS patients do that? But then also, how can we during the winter months here, instead of just always staying fully closed and fully, you know, indoors, how can we start doing some things outside to make ourselves more resilient? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been a big fan of cold for some time now, uh, even more so since 2014 when I went met Wim Hof, saw his documentary on Vice, and then been following ever since. You're right. We, unlike a lot of other countries, have not been in implementing that as much as the other countries have. They do see it as of some importance. Just back, like you said, in, in historical times, 1920, with Samasat and the tribes there, I think it might be Finland, Sweden, some other countries. I've seen various documentaries where they actually, in school, one of the musts or one of the, the PE, you know, recess time is when it's freezing cold snow out there, they actually go and they, they dump buckets of ice cold water in the snow type <laughs> area 
and they run around and they laugh and they're playing in the cold, wearing nothing but like little small shorts, like basically bathing suit attire in the snow. You're seeing these little kids do it. And they talk about that. And then and sometimes in some schools, they'll go into a sauna, heat up and then go back into the cold, go, go back into the sauna, go back into the cold for that thermogenesis. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, of course, with the heat and then with the cold combined. But yeah, it, I like that you chose the word resilience. It makes us better at making heat slash energy. We're like thermostat. And, you know, just whether it's in your car or in your house, it automatically knows, okay, the temperature has dropped or risen. I need to turn up the heat or turn down the heat. It, the thermostat knows of how to regulate that. Well, we have an internal thermostat that doesn't work anymore because it hasn't been needed in so long. Now, what do we do if we're cold? We do things on an external level, right? We put on a big coat, we get in some covers. If you don't do that, your thermostat kicks into gear and starts to warm you up from within. But that thermostat hasn't been working in a long time. And until you start to incorporate things like this, then your thermostat not only turns on, becomes active, becomes very strong to where you are burning more fat. You are becoming heated within. You are generating a lot of energy. That's one of the many things that your mitochondria listen to. Like I was saying earlier, the mitochondria doesn't listen to you. They listen to light, EMFs, timing, temperature, gravity, pressure, you know, uh, sound, food, water, the cold. They listen to that. And I'll tell you how they listen, right? On a simplistic standpoint, you know, sometimes when people get in the freezing cold, whether it's in their shower, actually like a cold tub or an ice bath or cryotherapy, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to die, right? Like, ooh, it's not you that are thinking, and it's not like you're really going to die, right? But it's not you that's going to be dying. It's your mitochondria that are going to be dying. And actually, that's a good thing. You want the, the weak mitochondria to die and the stronger mitochondria to get even stronger and to build even newer cells and newer mitochondria. A friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while was having his 50th birthday. And we met in New York City and I took him out to lunch and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, congratulations, man. How does it feel to be 50 years old? And he said, you know, Dan, like, like most men, he goes, you, you reached a point where now you realize you're never really going to accomplish the things that you were set out to do. And, you know, the dreams that you had as a kid, they're pretty much gone. So, you know, I'm pretty much resolved to that. And I looked yeah. at that, you know, and I, I got to tell you, Jared, I, not just, I guess, because I got beat up so early on in the game or whatever that I, and I rebounded from it. I'm so far removed from that. I mean, I understand it, don't get me wrong, but it's not me. And I, I stepped back for it. And I actually felt very bad for him. But at the same token, I was like, wow, did I really get that far removed from that viewpoint? You know, so I'm proud of that. I'm just proud that I'm, you know, and the other part of it is too, it is a viewpoint, by the way. Like anybody, I don't care if you're depressed or you're what, you know what? You can change. You're not stuck in that. You don't, you, you create your own life. You really create your own viewpoint. And it's sometimes it's like working out. Like if you don't work out every day and you fall out of it, you stop getting used to it. But if you just every day you wake up and you go, what? It's going to be a great day. And you do that for three months. A funny thing happens. It starts becoming a great day. You know, cold training also increases BDNF. And that's been a very key topic right now. And it's going to continue yeah. to come to surface. And I think people should really start to look out for BDNF and ways to improve that. And so what that is, it's brain-derived nootrophic factor. And to put it simply, it's miracle grow for the brain in terms of new neural connections, new cells, new communication pathways, just really a neurogenesis. And, you know, like you said, it's like change, like Dr. Amen, he's a good psychiatrist and, and, yeah. and, and brain guy. It's like change your brain, change your life. That's and, a great book. 
Yeah, it's a great book. And so, yeah, it definitely increases BDNF, speaking of headstrong, how we've been talking about. But, you know, another thing that's really near and dear to my heart is that term resilience that you talked about and how this, you know, becoming resilient. I'm also a heart math coach and I love their definition of resilience where it's the ability to prepare for, recover from, and adapt in the face of stress, challenges, and adversity. I mean, we're all humans. We all have inevitable life events that have happened to us, both good and bad, challenges, stress, adversity, et cetera. The more you can be resilient, the more that you can navigate through this life. And it's, in, it's, in, it's near to dear to my heart because we don't have to go down this pathway. But, you know, just on this topic, one of my visions is to help end our internal suffering by instilling resilience into humanity. And what I like to think about is this quote that I, and I'm probably going to butcher it up, but it's basically how life is like the ocean. There's always going to be waves. The good news is, is that you can learn how to surf and you're going to be able to ride the waves, even though there's some bad things happening or whatever's happening in your life, you got that surfboard and resilience is a real key topic. Like, like to me, resilience is that surfboard. And, you know, first and foremost, and also too, is that a lot of people don't know that they're drowning right now because a lot of stuff's happening at a subconscious level, but needless to say, just the title of this podcast, right? Success 101, it's to be successful, I like to think about it, about that quote, right? Like success lies just outside your comfort zone. You know, I also think about the Pareto principle, doing like that 20% that yields you the 80% results. This is a very small thing that you can do that can produce that 80%, get you uncomfortable Absolutely. and help you become successful. Now you're like, well, how does that translate? Well, if you can do something uncomfortable for five minutes in the beginning, then it's going to change the way that you go on throughout that day when you walk outside and go to the office. You can do something uncomfortable right away. And gain that confidence and feel good right after doing that. And that's going to translate into your day. Then you're going to be able to do a whole lot more uncomfortable things. And it's funny, I'm actually going to be putting on, I'm in the process of building a 30-day program about this, actually. It's called Get Uncomfortable. And it's 30 days in which I go around town doing very uncomfortable things and showing how, in doing that, uh, how that's translated into my life. And you start to do things that may be uncomfortable. And you're learning along the way, one. And two, it's just learning and growing, giving, growing. And it's like the more uncomfortable things I do, Tim Ferriss actually puts it best. He defines success as, and I'm going to butcher the quote too, it's something about, you know, a successful person is defined as how many uncomfortable conversations that person has had in his, in his life. Yeah. And so it's almost of like me doing that over and over and over again. And, ne- and the next thing you know, not only have I learned so much about myself, but I'm a lot more calm. I'm a lot more present. I'm a lot more whatever. And this can translate to anybody with, if they're with their boss or an uncomfortable client or this or that or their, or confrontation happening like yeah they've done that they've been there you know get uncomfortable i really since we're talking about cells and mitochondria i'll mention adaptogens for those of you who do not know adaptogens i don't have it with me there's a lot out there um i like a company called and i'm not tied to this in any way but it's called sunhorse energy so i'm at the biohacking conference a few years ago uh, it's a synergistic blend of cellular adaptogens. They work at the cellular level. And the reason why adaptogens are great is like, look, we live a stressful life, whether it's at, you know, with relationships, with business, with what we're trying to do, there's a lot going on in our lives. And this is one way in terms of reducing that. Adaptogens increase your stress capacity. They give you more raw materials. They expand your capacity for stress and give you a really fast throttle response so that if you're really stressed and you get out of like your norm, you come right back down and then you're good again. Rather than like something upsetting you and being there for a long period of time, no, you shoot up and you shoot right back down or vice versa, shoot down and you shoot right back up. And so this is really something that can 
you know, help you along your journey. Man, I was I was really hoping you were going to mention Sun Horse Energy. Oh, nice. You do you do that? Or? Yeah. So if you go to episode 124, I actually had a great conversation with Dan Moriarty, who's the founder of Sun Horse Energy. Great. So there's one of my favorite episodes because I can geek out on this stuff, you know, all day mm-hmm. long. Go to episode number 124, the Success 101 podcast, and you're going to hear about just all the ways. I mean, this guy, he's in his, you know, almost 70 years old now, at least mid 60s. And he's like, man, I've got more energy than when I was in high school. I'm more fit than I was in high school. And he's just super into how all the stuff we're talking about, just how the body can be resilient. But you've got to you got to work with the right things. You got to put the right things in it. And look, it's not easy. Sometimes you've got to go test and test and test. And for sure, we'll be doing that, you know, the rest of our life. But Dan Moriarty, it's on SoundCloud or on iTunes. I'd encourage you guys to go check it out. I think you'll get a lot from it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out myself. Uh, I saw him at the Biocram conference, had a brief conversation with him, but I'd love to see what you guys explored if I may, just with time, I'll say one more thing that I'd like to share. And it's, you know, after I've done these things, and usually they're things that are at a mind, body, and spirit level, right? Something on the physical, like I'll do a quick, like 10 minute, you know, high intensity interval training at my house, like something physical, something mental, something emotional, something spiritual, then I'm good. I'm getting that 1% better every day. And the last thing, once I'm in this state of consciousness, once I've done that, I'm better able to plan my day. I want to know the big projects that I'm up to. And given that we've talked about resilience, one of them is a resilience intensive. I'd love to explore that down the line, maybe in another episode and what that entails in terms of what that resilience intensive is. But so, you know, know the big projects that you want in life. And then also during that day, what are the top three things you need to do? And then tackle the most important one first. A lot of times we try to get the low hanging fruit and you can do it either way. But if you tackle that one, you know, normally we procrastinate like, oh, I don't want to get that done. You start working at it like, you know, what's the number one? What's the what's the top person I need to call right now? What's the person that I need to email right now? What's the place I need to go to, right? Just getting that thing done. And once you're in a state of consciousness of doing all these things, you're better able to say, okay, on a grander scale, here's the big projects. And then what do I need to do now? Not only for the day, but what's going to be inching myself to get to that bigger project. Man, we do a lot of the same things. And I see it in my clients. Like my average client in my financial planning practice here is about 48 years old. So I'm seeing the guys that are well older than us. And I'm seeing the guys that are just a few years ahead of us. And I'm learning a lot from them. Mm And I can't tell you, you know, number one, I think we're going to just if we follow suit just as general population with a lot of these people that I'm seeing, we're going to regret more the things that we didn't do or didn't get done than the things that we accomplished just because we weren't courageous enough or we weren't tapping into this stuff enough, like with, you know, relationships and things like that or brain work, all these sort of things. But then also I just see these guys just totally unwinding in their 50s. And it's not just like midlife crisis or something like that. They just realize, man, I've just been beat up for so long. I've been stressed for so long. I realize I've damaged relationships for so long. Why was I not taking care of this earlier? And it's because you just didn't know what you didn't know. Emilio, man, thanks so much for your time here today. Really appreciate it. Let's steer uh, some traffic your way toward uh, your coaching company and your brand and all of that. Where can people find more about you if they want to go look you up? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. So I think number one would be my website. So it's uh, www.crossphoenixcoaching.com, crossphoenixcoaching.com. There you'll find kind of what I do, who I am, all the different services that I have in terms of, you know, the coaching, the technologies, the programs, the calls the workshops, speaking engagements, etc. So if you'd like to know more or ever, ha- or ever have a question or comment, you can find me there. My services nowadays is I no longer sell the concept of my coaching. I sell the experience. So anytime anybody is interested in this kind of work, I will happily block off two hours to where we can go deep and I'll create a space where we go deep and really explore what you really want for your life. And so happy to do that. You can find me there. In terms of social media, I'm really big on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And so for Facebook, it's Emilio, E-M-I-L-I-O dot Palafox, P-A-L-A, F as in Frank, O-X. 
Instagram, it's the first same thing, but it's going to be an underscore instead of a period. So it's Emilio underscore Palafox underscore. You can find me, of course, I have a Facebook page, but really the main source is that website. Uh, and you can contact me there and see everything about me there. Good. And I want to get you back in here next week to get a chance to talk again. And we're going to be bringing some good stuff out to you listeners about, you know, we wanted to do a big, broad overreach today, but we want to hone that in as the weeks go on and talk about some of the similar things we talked about here, but new stuff as well, as we just get more information out to you guys and uh, just help everybody reach higher levels of peak performance. As you mentioned, the whole success 101 thing. I'm glad you keyed into that because that's what it's all about. We can't just wake up and just nobody's an overnight success. People get there at different ways, but what does success really mean? We've got to get back to the grassroots of how does all this work and we can have what looks like success for a while as we're again muscling it through but whatever we're building is not going to be long lasting if we can't sustain it and a lot of it starts in our brain and in our body and that way we can be better employers better friends better husbands fathers everything that you guys are doing out there 101 man mm-hmm. get back to the grassroots so Emilio thanks so much for your time I enjoyed it we'll be back next week guys on the success 101 podcast live episode and uh, dive into a lot more of this with you guys <laughs>